This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjmunoz.com. I welcome you to Writer Tears, a show, a series, where I talk unabashedly about my love for Kamen Rider. Uh, I'm going to be covering the Kamen Rider manga in, it looks like, six parts, because there's six parts to the manga. I'm going to cover one part at a time. The very first part, uh, according to the 50th anniversary edition that I got from Seven Seas Manga, uh, is uh, called The Uncanny Man Spider. <laughs> and um, this is written by and illustrated by Shotaro Ishinomori, the classic manga ka, classic manga creator. And the translation was done by Kumar, this is a long name and I haven't tried to pronounce it yet, so Kumar Siva Subra. Manian. Sivra Subamanian. Okay, I, I think I did okay there. Anyway, so he, I'm assuming, did the translation, although it might be a lady, you never know. And I wanted to see what other credits there are here in this big book, which is, gosh, how many pages long? Uh, 855 pages, although at the end it gets into non-canonical wackiness. And let me see, hold on, look out, cat. Is there any information more about this? So, dun 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 well, yeah, I'll read real quick all the credits for the whole thing. So, Kumar, like I said, did the translation. Lettering was done by Phil Christie. Cover design is Nikki Lim. Logo design is George Panella, or Panea. I'm not sure how Hispanic George is. Uh, proofreader was Brett Hallahan. Hallahan. Uh, copywriter, Don Davis. Editor, J.P. Sullivan. Uh, let's see, print manager, Rhiannon Rasmussen Silverstein. Or Rasmussen Silverstein. Uh, production associate, Sandy Grayson. Production manager, Lisa Patillo. Managing editor, Julie Davis. Associate publisher, Adam Arnold. And publisher, Jason DeAngelis. So, let me see. I wish there were a little more information in this one, uh, like the Go Ranger manga, which had like a nice preface and some extra material in the front, but it just pretty much opens up to the book. I guess if you like Ishinomori and you like Kamen Rider, then you know what you're in for. Um, so I want to talk about this in a casual way. Um, so I'm just going to start. Uh, I like the fact that they used color in this. I don't know if the color was original. The style of the coloring makes it feel like it was original, uh, although I don't know uh, exactly where this was published and how uh, they would have colored that or if that was just the first Tonkabon or whatever. But the coloring is really cool and old school. And I like it. It reminds me a little bit of Ishinomori's um, Legend of Zelda. What is that? Link to the Past? I think that's the one. Or I don't know which one it is. Whatever. His Legend of Zelda. It's the only one, the one that was uh, published in Nintendo Power. Um, but the coloring is really fun. I, you know, I do love the black and white aspect of manga, but the colors are pretty impressive and I would almost want to see this uh, fully colored. I'd, I'd definitely be okay with that. Uh, for the most part, the art is really good. Um, I mean, it is Ishinomori, but that doesn't mean it's perfect. Uh, there were a couple times in the story where things just happened panel to panel and none of it made sense. And I just shrugged and moved on because I didn't want to waste my life uh, you know, being upset or worrying about it or whatever. But uh, something that struck me more than that is this vision of the world that Shocker has, basically where there's no freedom. And, um, you know, they, they want the elites to be cyborgs who will enslave and treat other humans as cattle. And Hongo objects to that. He says, all people are equal. Uh, we need brotherly love. 
and not to turn people into cattle like you want to, and that's awful and terrible. And, you know, that's awesome. But what's cooler than that is Midorikawa, uh, later on in the manga, he says, or in this first part, he says something about, like, the fact that, I think it's Midorikawa says it, that human life is so important that he would rather die than live in a world where people have no free will. Yes. Page 38 in this edition, or 36, it says, A world of people with no will of their own is a world of the dead. I would rather die than have to see such a world. So go on, kill me. He says that to Man Spider. And that's really cool. I, I love the philosophy being put there. I love the, I don't know, the courage to face uh, the darkness that Shocker wants to put over the world and to resist. And, you know, yeah, it's terrible that Midori Kawa is the one who chose Hongo to be the next candidate to be, you know, this particular cyborg model, of, you know, grasshopper cyborg. Um, I know, but somehow it worked out. I don't know. Um, I wonder what exactly Midori Kao was, was doing because apparently he designed the cyclone and I think he designed the rider suit as well, which like the way man, uh, as much as I like Ichinomori and I, as much as I like Common Rider, it has always bugged me that the way he did it, that the shocker cyborgs are like, they're monsters. They're not cyborgs like Common Rider. Um, they're weird. They're weird. They're weird, monstrous, you know, six-armed spider dude, you know, snake guy with crazy physiology, who we will see later. So again, a, a fundamental weakness is the difference in the design. I guess the design sense, because um, either I think everybody should look more like Kamen Rider and have more of a themed costume that's, you know, militaristic. He looks, you know, like a motorcycle rider soldier type costume almost more like how the grunts are themed after each guy i think that's what each kaijin should look like really or kaizo negan because they're cyborgs right that would make a lot more sense with how organic they are it kind of doesn't make sense but then again we do have the instance where he cuts himself and he heals very quickly after he breaks that glass and that's you know his organic flesh is being healed somehow by the mechanics and that kind of doesn't make sense uh you would think that wouldn't happen with his tissue, but it is. So I guess the same types of cybernetics can also make a guy have six arms. Um, or is it just four arms? Maybe it's just four. Anyway, it's crazy either way. Um, but then, yeah, here we go. At the 40, 40 to 41, um, guys are shooting at somebody. I think Hongo's corpse may be dashed against the rocks. So he says, I'm common right? He says, this cool thing. Looks great. And then they're shooting at him. And I guess he jumps away and then you just... 41 he's gone and that's it and it doesn't make any sense it does show the docks but i don't know how close they were to the docks at this point they're by the ocean so docks are nearby but it doesn't really make sense there's no real context given to that i mean that being said though on page 37 when Dory cow is being choked out by the spider guy uh, or man spider sorry there's this cool shot where the writer is in the he's being reflected in the compound eyes of the spider guy and then he, like, gives him an uppercut or kicks him or whatever, and then carries Midori Kawa off, and that, you know, that looks super cool. So, I mean, it's kind of an odd thing where <clears throat> certain choices are made, certain things are done that just look awesome and are really neat and really interesting, but then they kind of don't make sense, and they kind of take me out of it a little bit, which is, you know, not what you want. Uh, like the robotic spider spy thing that Man Spider has, it only has six legs. Why not eight legs? Maybe eight would be unnecessary, but you would think a six-legged spider would be kind of conspicuous. Um, I don't know. <laughs> kind of odd. These character designs are really good, though. They're very expressive. They're very cool. Um, I like 
Toby Tajiban and his you know bow tie and you know bald butler man look. That's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, again, Man Spider. It looks like he has the four legs, or the four arms, and then the two legs for a total of six. So maybe that's why. I'm not sure. Um, but let me see what else. So I mean, this this first story is really compelling. You know, they're on the run. Things are desperate. Things are crazy. And then you know. <laughs> Toshiki Inoue is not the first man in the history of Common Rider to use misunderstanding and poor information and lack of communication to start or to seed and then uh, nurture conflict throughout the Common Rider series. Although his dad did work on the original Common Rider, I don't remember his name at the moment, so he may have been the one who did that. But then again, the way this was done, Ishinomori was doing the manga, I think, kind of parallel to the uh, production of the show. I think um so he has this misunderstanding thing happen too for midorikawa ruriko to like hate and fear uh takeshi hongo and it sets up this ironic thing where he feels like a monster already and he feels alienated from the rest of humanity because he's a cyborg now he's no longer totally human and then he's being accused of murder murdering a friend and someone who he valued and who he was looking forward to fighting against shocker with and then his daughter who they were trying to help out and save and protect and whatever, blames him for her father's death and hates him. And then by the end of it, she saves him from Man Spider. And when she wakes up, she asks who that man is, that man being Common Rider. And Toby says, I don't know. So he has to lie to her, or he chooses to lie to her in that situation and say that he doesn't know who Common Rider is, but, you know, just great that he saved her. Um, some other stuff that's cool... Uh, the O-ring and the antennae on the mask, if you're not super into Kamen Rider, you might not know what that is. The O-ring is, there's a, a light, a circle, a, a red circle thing in the middle of his forehead between his two eyes. It beeps and bips and boops, and it has something to do with tracking things. It's explained later on in another uh, manga. Ishinori is this cool thing where he dissects and points out a bunch of stuff on the writer. Like, his mouth is called the Crusher, and this thing's called the O-ring, and that's called out there. And it talks about whatever details. Um, but, like, the antennae move and stuff, so it's, like, a really weird thing. And, like... I think Midori Kawa specifically made the helmet. You see, I don't know what parts of the Shocker Kaijin cyborg stuff he was making, so it's a little hard to, you know, place things and tell, you know, what exactly they are uh, for him. But you know, whatever. It's vague. Keep it vague, and you can do whatever you want, right? <laughs> it's a good rule of creation uh, for stuff like this. And then there's there's fun stuff like uh, as Ryder's rushing off to save uh, Ruriko. He yells out, O wind, cry and howl, raise a maelstrom within me, become a storm, Mother Nature, your energy is my strength. And that's that's fun. <laughs> and then he has this awesome confrontation with Man Spider where he does the rider jump, he does the rider kick, and he does a rider chop, and chops off all four of Man Spider's arms, and then Man Spider falls to his death, and then, like I said, he's able to save Ruriko. So, like, the action, and this is super cool, again, except in some places where it's there's like seemingly missing panels or just like jumps in logic where just something happens and we don't really know what it is. But uh, yeah, the I mean, the action is fun and the drama of it is really fabulous because you really feel for Hongo and he's like desperate to save Ruriko because he couldn't save her father or you know, that might be why. And other than the fact that she's an innocent person who doesn't deserve to be, you know, kidnapped and murdered by Shocker and stuff. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, this, this first section of it, this part one is really awesome. And I think part two is a lot longer. And um... Yeah, it's over, it's like 150, 130 pages or so. So that's going to be really cool. 
and I'm looking forward to that one. That one's called The Flying Man Bat, and we will get to that at a later date. Um, leave any questions, comments, or concerns you have uh, at mgmunios.com in the show notes. Uh, look in the show notes for you to be able to subscribe and see all the other stuff I do. And, uh, you know, for the video version of this, go ahead and like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff to help spread the word about this and uh, get me more, uh, well, you know, share this around because the more people are responding to this, the more stuff I'm going to do and the better it's going to be for all of us. That's the hope and the plan. So anyway, take care, folks. Uh, I hope that you are well, that you be well. And until next time, this is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.